Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am a very brave Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen, who's not so brave. Hi there, Swaff Nation. Sorry, hello there, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, brave boy Ollie Davis. How are you doing, you big brave boy? I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, big myself up, but... I did just have two vaccination injections. So you remember like when we oh. watched it, we watched All Out and there was that crazy ladder match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, and which is where yeah. Big Brave Boys originated from because you just said, God, they're all just so brave. So brave. You are way more brave than all four of those combined in that match. And I think they'd agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched Dunkirk uh, over the weekend. I think I'm braver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, than all those boys, uh, and braver than the all the wrestlers. I just, but it's not the word, not my words, the words of my girlfriend who had to come with me to the appointment mm-hmm. to hold my hand yes. during the injection and talk to me like a podcast <laughs> to take my mind off of what was happening. And you did have to have a little sit down after you had them done, just in case you fainted. But some might argue that the young bucks had to have a little sit down after their ladder match. Yeah, they they are. Very rarely wrestling twice in a row. Whereas I had, again, two injections back to back. Yeah. One for typhoid, one for hepatitis A. In the same arm. Yeah. yeah look, yeah, there it is. There's, there's both those. Yeah, I, I'm, huge, seeing, I'm looking at them, man. Huge plasters, aren't they? It's more of that visual content that the huge podcast loves. Plasters. Um, we've actually got an email about that, so I'm going to bring that up in a sec oh, uh, in the outro. Like of this. A complaint. It's not a complaint, though, <laughs> is it? it's a suggestion. But I just wanted to read this one out before we get into the main show because remember we had a lot of people asking, where was the Pornhub poem? Right. Oh my and, God. And we said, we couldn't remember. We tried to think about it and we couldn't really remember when you did it mm. or where it was. Well, someone uh, who has just got the uh, email name of Orange has got in touch to say, hello, I'm not sure if people are still looking, but I found Ollie's Pornhub poem. It was the December 15th, 2018 podcast. Mm. Yeah, it would have been around that time because it was the Christmas... Well, it's exactly that time. Yeah, it was the Christmas poetry reading that I did it out at uh, in, in my sort of town where I live. Yeah. Uh, and everyone else was doing, you know, 
There was a few Christmas sing-alongs, a <laughs> couple of covers of pop tunes. Some people did uh, poems on their, on their mothers who passed, passed away from cancer, very sad stuff. This guy gets up, reads off a list of, well, I, well, I, just, I just went online onto Pornhub and wrote down the yeah. front page, the titles of the front page, and, and I read it out. You barely had to type anything yeah. when you got there either, because it just sort of auto-filled the search bar yes, for you. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was handy. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's obviously what, it's one of Pornhub's um, big catchphrases. They're very handy. It's handy. <laughs> they are handy, handy for you, handy for us. <laughs> handy for everyone. Handy Andy Datsun. <laughs> Well, let's get into the main show because, boy, howdy, there's a lot to talk about on this week's Raw. I'm, I'm just guessing the WWE are putting all of their focus into Raw at the moment because that's why <laughs> SmackDown has been the same show for the last six weeks. Look, Luke, they've solved it. They've got the template. It's <laughs> Roman and the Usos versus Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Why fix it? You, what I'm saying is you can tell that Bruce Pritchard is running this show because he knows what Vince likes. <laughs> so he's just presenting to him the same show. And Vince's like, I like it, pal. Just have to do what you have, you only have to write one show then. Anyway, let's get into this show talking about Raw because we had returns and surprises and debuts and all sorts, and we're going to talk about them all in the opening port of this podcast. Blah, 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 and here's the show. Right, so what an episode of Raw! This was a great episode of Raw! Two extremely good back-to-back episodes of Raw, because last week's was excellent as well. I gave it five out of five, and the Royal Rumble happened the night before that. I'm going to lay my cards down on the table. I gave this a four out of five, but a very high four out of five, because I just thought this was an excellent all-round show. Fantastic crowd, but it was missing that memorable all-time killer angle like last week's Autumn Edge thing, yeah. to level it up to a five out of five for me. But we had Lana versus Liv Morgan, part duh, the revenge. Part duh. <laughs> Let's get into that because uh, our main topic, the opening conversation piece, is all these, well, one return, and was it two NXT call-ups well, overall? Yeah, I'm, Not I'm, call-ups, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think the Angel Garza one is a call-up Certainly it's a main roster debut. Obviously Rhea Ripley had been on the main roster um, in the lead up to Survivor Series. Um, But this was really like her, this felt more of a bigger deal than her coming up as a random group of five for, and even though she was like, you know, heavily featured in the Survivor Series build up, this felt way more big time. Well, it was, uh, it's essentially a WrestleMania match. They're building, this is the voyage to WrestleMania right now. And boy, howdy am I in as I believe most of WWE's creative team are as well. Yeah. This is, honestly, this is... Sorry, the creative team. Creative? This is the best Raw has been, booking-wise, for ages. And I think this is what I imagined when Paul Heyman got control. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the show we were going to get, but we haven't. We've kind of had a, just loads of squash matches and storyline stalling and... Yep. But now it feels like everything's finally fallen into place. Yeah, we are sort of firing on all cylinders at the moment. And it's quite... It's very welcome because SmackDown has been the same show for the past four months. Like, it's a very welcome (laughs) change of pace to Mm. have a show that feels like it's moving forward with itself, as opposed to Bruce Pritchard writing the same show (laughs) and presenting it to Vince like it's a new idea and Vince thinking it's all new. Yeah. So the first return we're going to go through, or, well, the only return, but as part of all the call-ups, whatever they are, is off of this Lana versus Liv Morgan match. It was a rematch from last week. 
It's so important. Liv Morgan got <laughs> Lana's Titan Tron yeah. when she came out. And they once again wrestled absolutely crickets because this storyline is going nowhere. Where's Rusev? Well, you know, he was in the Royal Rumble. It no, feels... he wasn't. Him and Lashley were taken out of the Rumble. Oh, yeah. I'm getting it confused with Blompier's fantasy booking. <laughs> You're right. It yeah. was the week before he like, hasn't the go-home show. He hasn't been seen since the mixed tag match. Mm. Um, and well, like, maybe he's finally leaving. And Lashley was on this show, but there was no mention of Rusev in his storyline. And Phillips even called this the feud that keeps on going. And I was like, yeah. You're not wrong there, Todd. You're not wrong there. Well, it seems it might transition into something new now or the same thing through a proxy because Lana isn't the greatest wrestler. Uh, Liv Morgan's pretty good. Liv Morgan squashes her in under a minute, really. And then Ruby Riot's music hits. She's been out since May with injury. I think it was something with her knee? Yeah. She comes down. I missed her. I I really like Ruby Riot. She looks great. Crowd were massively into her as well, yeah. making a return. She's got a really distinct look. She comes down to shake hands with her former Riot Squad buddy. Yep. We all know what's coming. How about we get back raided RKO? Yep. Nah, boof. Uh, it, w- it was a bit, I think it's a bit clumsy to do this so close to the main event angle of last week's show where mm-hmm. Randy Orton effectively did the same thing on Edge in a just infinitely superior way. Yeah. So this just did come off a bit second fiddle. And do, do I want to see Ruby versus Liv? Maybe in a few weeks I will. I, I think it's, yeah, they are kind of very much hoping that you really cared about the Riot Squad as a group and bought into their friendship mm. that this is going to be, because you're right, like this is nowhere near on the same sort of level as Edge and Randy Orton. But then again, this isn't leading to a WrestleMania singles match, so it's not going to feel as, as big time. Unless Vince loves the Lana Liv Morgan storyline. This is a way to extend it through to WrestleMania. Ruby works for Lana in some way to do the actual wrestling in the ring. Mm. But, you know, all the reports said this this storyline will continue through to WrestleMania. Well, yeah, because we thought it would lead to a big, like the big blow-off mixed tag match where Rusev and Liv get, get their big wins. Problem is yeah. that Liv's now beaten Lana twice. So she's won? <laughs> She's won the feud now. Sandy feels that way. Yeah. Uh, but that was the return. The the call up was expertly done. Or I think this was the most call uppy of the two NXT appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, Umberto Carrillo took out Andrade on the exposed concrete floor. Awesome spot. Gave Carrillo a bit of an edge. Turns out it was actually to write Andrade off of TV because. WWE have remembered they've got a wellness policy. Yeah, and apparently Samoa Joe has also failed this wellness policy. Well, yeah, so we should point out Fightful have uh, spoken to their sources and they've said WWE have vehemently denied. Yeah, which is because it's WrestleVote they get the original. WrestleVote said, seems like there are more suspensions coming. Mm-hmm. And then they said there must be something in that Southern California water and then posted a picture of Samoa Joe. Yeah. So that's the insinuation. And wrestle votes, I mean, I, I would say they're very rarely wrong. Mm. They're almost never wrong. Yeah. Like their reporting is very on point. And so, but, same but as so, I was going to say yeah. the same as Sean Ross Sapp. So it's a very interesting story. Uh, but Andrade was written off. So we need someone else yeah. to feud with Carrillo, apparently. And it's still going to be Zelina Vega managing them. And in a stroke of genius, they've called up. Angel Garza, former NXT Cruiserweight Champion Angel Garza, of just only a few months ago. Mm -hmm. He only lost that relatively recently. And 
He is. It was actually like a couple. Of, yeah, literally like a week ago. Oh, was it? A black, it, was, it uh, Worlds Collide. Worlds Collide. Oh, yeah. right then. Um, and he went. Oh yeah, he is Carrillo's real life cousin. Mm. And I checked that online because I was like, no way, that's too perfect. But it's true. Yeah, it's crazy, man. What a story. And. Okay, so back when I was doing the NXT reviews with Laurie, we were absolutely head over heels for Angel Garza because he was just, he's got a really cool gimmick about him. He's like this really suave ladies mm. man. So when he debuted here, I did think, oh, that's a shame that he's not doing his NXT gimmick. It's so typical of the main roster to bring someone up and then do something completely different with them. And when he came up, he came out to no reaction. No one had any clue who he was, which I was surprising because they knew who Rhea Ripley was. And well, so Survivor Series. Perhaps, yeah, but yeah. I, th I think people were chanting that because they, they know Rhea Ripley from NXT mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and know that that's a potential story. Anyway, so they had no idea who this guy was. But Angel Garza is so, so good that in two segments made himself an absolute star on Raw and felt like a big deal. Yeah. And he's just fantastic. He's getting a bigger reaction now than pretty much all of the 2019 uh, NXT call-ups, mm. and they've been on the main roster for a year. Yeah, he's got something, hasn't he? There was a bit, right at the start, he was just doing generic heel swagger. But then I think Carrillo snatched the microphone out of his hand yeah. or slapped him. He, he grabbed the microphone out of his hand so he could cut a promo on him in Spanish. And Garza's reaction to it was just this over-the-top indignation. <gasps> yeah. It's, it was it, brilliant. It stopped him getting the watch treatment. Yes. Because both him and Vega were getting the watch mm. treatment. But as soon as Korea sort of stepped in and Gaza's reaction to it and then the beatdown afterwards, crowd stopped doing that. And he got genuine heat for the beatdown. And then when Ray came out to make the save and he started uh, wrestling with Ray, just great reactions throughout. And he just got genuine heel heat because he was beating up the beloved babyface, Rey Mysterio, and acting like a total dick throughout. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful stuff. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good way to book him strongly in his debut because great match. Uh, like you said, really got a very hot crowd into it. Yep. And rather than have him pin Ray, which I think would have been too much. Oh, no, I disagree with but that. I, you could have yeah. done it, but you, you know, it's, it is a delicate balance to give people wins straight out the gate. It's not, it's not as easy as that, I don't but think. But it is with Vega interference. Yep, yep, yep. Or have Ray Mysterio win in, you know, clean. That's the worst. Yeah, that would be the worst this. idea, yeah. yeah. But they took a different tact, which I think is, is far better than either because it gives so much heat, so much more heat behind the angle. And it does play into this weeks of exposed concrete floor injury spots. He hit the, it was just a normal DDT, wasn't it? No, they did say it was the hammerlock DDT. Oh, okay, it was the hammerlock DDT on Ray onto the exposed concrete. And the referee was like, that counts as a foreign object. Well, yeah, it was a DQ. Yeah. Mm. So he DQ'd the match. I swear I've seen. The exposed let's, concrete. Let's not, have not ask it. about continuity. I will, however, ask where the f word was Carrillo. Well, he'd been beaten down, and he was being looked at by uh, medical. Come on, he had so about twenty-five minutes beforehand, he had had one wing clipper, yeah. Gaza's finishing move, done on him. Dude, it's devastating. Is it? Is it? Well, it, apparently so, because Carrillo couldn't come down to make the it's save. It's a great looking move. I like the look of it, but it did. I was a bit like, especially because Ray had run down to sort of save Carrillo from having that fate. That, that just, it was bad booking for Carrillo. Well, I think know, they should have put over more why he wasn't there. It, it's, uh, you know, that's Carrillo's gimmick. Yes, yeah. he's, he's a bad, bad, he's baby bad <laughs> He's a bad baby face and it's poorly booked. Um, I, I, to be honest, I didn't really consider it because I thought, you know, he'd already mm. been taken out earlier. 
So it, it didn't really come up as a as a concern for me. If it was an in, like a proper exposed concrete or a steel chair thing, mm. I wouldn't be asking these questions. But it was just one guy's finisher in the ring about half an hour ago. Well, now we know that that's the most protected there move in WWE. Judas elbow <laughs> and then the wing clipper. Uh, so yeah, and also only lucha people can fight with lucha people. Oh, one, yeah, completely. <laughs> I did think that when I, I was like, yeah, there are just it's just lucha people yeah. fighting over that US title, the Latino division. Yeah. Is that is that an ironic statement? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, Garza's debut fantastic. Yeah, like really for good. for him, the stuff around it was a bit patchy, but him particularly, it was a star immediately. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him over the next, well. Three weeks, I guess, is left of Andrade's suspension. And then I want him to stay. Yeah. I want him to stay in a faction with Vega and Andrade. You can say you can have, uh, yeah, Andrade and Angel versus Ray and Umberto at a pay-per-view. You can do that at Elimination Chamber. Lucha. Yeah, Lucha Tag. Uh, and then finally, of all the appearances and returns, was Charlotte Flair coming out to announce who she's going to face at the Royal Rumble. She says, I've beaten... The Raw, I've won the Raw Women's Championship and the SmackDown one. I've beaten Becky loads of times. I've beaten Bailey loads of times. I've won the NXT Championship a bunch. And then the crowd start to chant, Rhea, Rhea. And then I think this was an ad lib. I really wish she hadn't said this because it, it totally takes the wind out of the sails of when Rhea Ripley's music was about yeah. to hit and she comes out. Charlotte just says, yeah, oh, yep, the Queen has a lot of love for NXT, and NXT has a lot of love for the Queen. Yeah. And it just, it ruined the surprise. It completely foreshadowed the real was yeah. there, yeah. So I'd, I know, I'd, I like it when wrestlers talk with the audience and interact with them. And I think Charlotte's pretty good with that. But I, I think she, that this was a mistake for her to yeah. say those lines. But, uh, you know, it was... Rhea coming out was still a really cool moment. Yep. Like Rhea already comes out and she says that um, Charlotte's <coughs> never beaten her. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I've beaten you, mm. which she did in the lead up to Survivor Series. She holds aloft the title and Flair walks away. And then like the comment stop was like, oh, I think Charlotte's going to say something really important. And she goes, woo. And then continues to walk away. And I was like, oh, no, she wasn't. <laughs> Such a baby face, right? And she walks away. And then they announced later in the show that uh, she's going to be on NXT this coming Wednesday mm. to uh, either accept the challenge or turn it down. So I, su I suppose they're going to think that they're going to win the ratings war this week. Yeah, yeah. It, we could see NXT's first victory in 2020 so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Oh, excuse me. Interesting to see what happens. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. 
but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We're going to get to the rest of your su- 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 super chats in a second. But first, a thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Oh, you fine, fine folk, you. And what a treat you've had that last week where you got our near, I think it's just over three hour review of Royal Rumble 2001, where we go into a big deep dive of my favourite Rumble of all time. Mm-hmm. And then, for our $10 and above backers, you got our beer-filled podcast, Wrestle Talk After Dark, our very sweary one where Laurie was dropping the C-bomb all over the show. Couldn't stop him for saying I did it. it. <laughs> he knew you that were... it was getting to me, so he said it more. <laughs> it's also a show that is all over the place because Pete's there at the start because I was late from a, an appointment and then I'm there for about an hour and then I go because I had to go catch a train. So you and Laurie just stayed for another hour or so? Yeah, and sang songs. <laughs> it was the, uh, and, and I read Big, Ap- Big Apple Takedown to him as he just did not pay attention. And he never pays attention during <laughs> those books anyway. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a classic, oh, the Royal Rumble has given us loads of work. We've got to fit this in right at the end of the month episode. And I tried to edit it while I was uh, away in Hastings, drunk. That's <coughs> why it went up on Saturday and Pete did it. Um, anyway, right. But if you're one of our $25 and above pledge hammers, you've got all of that. But you also get your Patreon shout out uh, like these five folk. I'm going to let you do the first one. Thank you, Flake. Marpin Man. <laughs> And you get a cheap yeah. pop as well. He oh. knows who that is. <laughs> the Wonder Wall, Brian Gallagher. You've got a different list. I've got list a different to list to you. Pete gave me a different list. Okay, well, I'm going to do this one instead. All Mania Club members, except for Demario North. Except Whoa, for you, thank mate. You. Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Yes, yeah. nice. No one names their kid any this. Nope, sorry. No one names their kid this anymore. Larry! Whoa! Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. Oh, nice. Infinite Crisis, the master of the hammers, Chris Jenkins. Why has the hammer been moved? I can't see it in shot. Bad Connection, Thomas Lagden. My favourite one. Heroic, Hector Mercado. Thank you, Hector. The incredible Tarzo. Oh, he's incredible. The jester, Ryan Kester. Yeah. Leader of the boys. (laughs) Dalton Sizemore. What a guy Dalton is, your best friend. And finally, yo Adrian, Rocky. Whoa, thank you all so much. 
Uh, we'll have plenty more good stuff going up on Patreon soon. Uh, so let, yeah, let's get on with some super chats before we get in with the rest of the review. So this comes in from Anton, who says, "Is there a Hispanic division where they only face each other every week?" Also, Kevin Dunn missed the camera shot of Angel ripping his pants off. I'm furious. Yeah, it was. He, it, they were suddenly just on Ray's face, weren't they? Yes. Um, that's his gimmick, is that he wears mm. long pants and then reveals he's actually wearing trunks underneath. What a heel! It's a good gimmick, it's isn't so it? Good. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> Full Monty. Uh, Kevin says, I don't see anyone talk about um, this where, I don't see anyone talk about this. Where was the focal point of Raw? Where was Roman and uh, Rowan and his pet cane? Ah. Seriously, is this story dropped? Yeah, so he did have it at the Royal Rumble. And he last did week. have a squash match last week. Yeah, I don't think it's dropped. It's just one week where he wasn't on there on an already very packed show. Yeah. I did not end this episode thinking, I have felt Cheated by not having Rowan's cage that goes nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Spark says, Asuka beats Becky next week uh, to shock interference by Ronda Rousey. Would separate Becky from the belt and allow Asuka to feud with Kyrie Sane for the title, while Ronda versus Lynch <sighs> would write itself without the belt. Yeah, I think that's quite muddled. I don't think I want to see Asuka versus Sane. Mm. Well, I do, I do, but not you know not right now. They, they haven't foreshadowed that story in the slightest. Like he's going to take the titles off them. Yeah. Yeah, they're still the tag champs. Um, no, I, I don't like that, I'm afraid. Oh, I'll tell you who could win it. Um, Ruby and Liv. Ooh. But they're feuding. Sorry. Uh, Lana and Ruby. Thank you very you much. Go. They are interchangeable. Um, Wrestle Talk Miscellaneous. Gasatola of Rock and Roller uh, will miss this live show, so have a super, super, super chat by way of an apology. Going to see The Who on Saturday. Are you guys doing anything fun this weekend? I like how this is just a casual chat. Not yeah. a raw review thanks, now. Thanks, Gas. Uh... Um, I'm doing housework this weekend though, because um, we're looking to put our house on the market. So we are finishing up some bits and pieces that have been sitting there for five years mm. that have just not been done. So <laughs> there's some painting jobs that I've got to actually do now. I haven't got any plans. Quite looking forward to it. Yeah. It's been a busy couple of weeks. The, the, this was an interesting episode because Salt Lake City, where Salt this Salt Lake City, where this episode of Raw was held, apparently hasn't had a WWE show for ten plus years. Wow! So they are gagging for it. They gagging for the E, not the D, <laughs> for the E. And it's snowy outside. Very snowy. Very snowy. The governor apparently was going to start shutting roads. It was that, not Cody roads. <laughs> but actual roads that you drive on, they kept showing clips of it throughout the episode. It was very snowy. It was super snowy, super, super, super snowy out there. But the fine wrestling fans of Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, they got themselves to the arena and they packed it out. Well, there was reports like before the show, they were going to like close the show. They weren't going to do it at all. Like yeah. Raw would have missed its first episode. I think it's like the first episode it ever would have missed. Well, no, there was that episode well, where they... No, the Benoit one, I suppose. There was the Roman Reigns one. Do you remember where they had to kind of do it from... Uh, it was recently. It was like 2015 oh, or really? 16. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose they would have just played a, a clip show as opposed mm. to being like a completely... Yeah. Um, yeah, because the Benoit one was a complete clip show as well after he died. Yeah, well, murder suicide, and um, 
So there were reports that they were going to cancel the show, but then WWE said, no, we're going to do it. And the reports were that WWE are moving ahead with this, even though they're expecting a really low number of turnouts. So when this show started, and it showed this packed arena, I was like, that is dedication. Yeah. Like there are roads that are not working. And they kept showing like these crashed cars and like this devastated like place by snow. Schools have been shut down for the first time in 10 years. And yet, these people worked their asses off to get into this building and then were loud all night long. Credit to them, man. Yeah, well, it genuinely warmed my heart. I, I was, I, the, the heat transference was real. I hope it actually melted some of the snow around them. Because I'll be honest, I wouldn't have got. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gone like, ah, do you know what? Oof. It's, yeah, I actually, I don't think I could have been bothered to it's go anyway. It's a raw taping, yeah. you know. But the, the, you get it sometimes when the, the weather conditions are bad or everything's going a bit wrong. You get this sort of bunker mentality. And that's what I felt in that arena from them. That everyone was just like, you know what, we're here. It's the apocalypse outside. <laughs> and it just, it was so infectious. One of the best crowds. This crowd was better than the Royal Rumble crowd. Yeah, it was that, amazing. The Royal Rumble crowd was amazing. And it opened with the person perfectly placed to soak up that heat. Yeah. Randy Orton's promo to explain what he did to Edge the previous week. Although I think we can, you know, armchair psychoanalyze that ourselves. He came down and there's a sign in the crowd that just says, why Autumn, why? And he just got so much genuine heel heat. Yeah, this show, he didn't say a single word until 10 plus minutes into this show. So you had like this really long video package mm. about Edge and Autumn. And then Autumn makes his usual incredibly slow entrance. It was eight minutes into the show before he'd even got into the ring. And then he just walked around for two minutes, not even posing, like going to pose, then not doing it. Grabbing the microphone, thinking about it, not doing it. All the while is getting amazing heat from this crowd because they hate him so much for what he did last week. And yet, 10 plus minutes into this show, he finally says, oh, I suppose you want me to talk about what I did last week. Yeah, even yeah. more heat. And then it's like, no, I can't do this. Throws the mic down, walks away. It's a good like 15, it's like a Triple H 15 minute promo, which got way more heat and <laughs> so much less was said. It, was, uh, it wasn't even in this ballpark, but it's kind of akin to the Roman Reigns promo. Yeah, where he didn't yeah. say anything yeah. uh, after the Undertaker retirement match. <laughs> retirement match. The, the, the interesting thing was to me was that he was not so much delaying to get heel heat, although that was totally the shoot reason for it. But in a kayfabe world, he was struggling. He was seemingly showing remorse over what he'd done. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, when he grabbed the microphone, the speaker, when he hovered on the second turnbuckle to pose, it was like he was thinking, whatever those voices usually say to him, should I have done that? Yeah. And it, it's a really interesting, it's captivating. I think it's fantastic. Well, his cadence when he was, I, I can't even say cutting a promo, when he was saying mm. the few words that he had were not like, you want to know why I did what I did last week. It was like, I mean, I, I suppose I do you owe, owe you all a reason as to why I did what I did. It really, there was like, it, he is almost going in two <coughs> different directions. I, 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 you're right, it's captivating. It's, mm. it's a really, really solid performance. It's not like he grabbed the microphone, it was like, you people, <laughs> you made me do this. It's way more nuanced than that. Mm. It's, it's really, really great stuff. Yeah, Randy Orton, we all forgot it for quite a while. 
He's incredible, mm -hmm. and this this shows us why. When he's motivated, then we got the Lana Liv Morgan match. We've spoken about that and Ruby Riot's return. Then we got Mojo Rawley out there, Mojo Jojo Rawley with uh, Riddick Moss. Yep, and he is facing. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I mean, I really was like, was there no Eric Young or No Way Jose that he could have beaten? Well, this is good. Like, I thought this was perfectly fine. Drew comes out, he cuts this amazing promo. It was so good. Like, this was just, you know, it's not, it's not Cody Rhodes, Mike. You know, you're just a chapter in mine. Yeah. It's not CM Punk pipe bomb. It is just such a genuine, affable connection with the crowd that he's got here. Because he opened the promo saying, just before I start, thank you all so much for braving that storm and getting here. What well baby, done you. Well, baby face. And it came off like, but I believe him. He, yeah, you know, yeah. People talk about him. I, I know people who know him very well. And they all say the same thing. He's a lovely guy. Mm -hmm. And it just oozes off the screen how pleasant he is. Yeah. And like he got a superstar reaction when he came out. He was quite easily the most over person on this mm. show. Like by... A country mile, he was the most over-person on this show. Yeah. And he just soaked all that up when he was kind of this promo, and it just made him even more over. And, you know, he talks about how that he's going to go to WrestleMania, and he's going to beat the Beast, and he is going to win the WWE Championship. Oh, Mojo, sorry, I forgot you were yeah. here. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to claim all you in the face, sorry. Just so you know, in three seconds' time, I'm going to kick you in the face, and I'm going to win. Yeah. It was brilliant, and that's exactly what he did. Like a babyface should, he makes promises and then delivers on them. Yeah. Fantastic. I I no complaints. I like how he said that uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar is apprehensive of the sexy Scotsman. Look at my sexy body. He's just somehow being serious, emerging comedy so fluently together. Yeah. It, it's terrific. Do you think the, um, the, the mojo thing was... I mean, I'm, I'm, this is like wild. Because I, I was sort of like, why did you pick Mojo to mm. put out there? Because you've just started this partnership with Riddick Moss. It's not even like this led in 2024-7 shenanigans. It was just, you had a champion out there and you beat him when your gimmick at the moment is he's this champion a that can't... Champion, a, yeah. He's a decent champion for the first time in 24-7 history. So it's just very weird to be here. <coughs> and I thought, huh, I wonder if it's because of the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because that XFL started this week and they were like, well, the NFL's rubbish, so... Let, let's 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 make fun of it. It could be that, or it could just be Super Bowl. He was at the Gronk's thing, yeah. so it's just a way to talk about hey, Super Bowl tie-in, you know. Yeah. Um, then we got a six-man tag elimination match between Buddy Murphy and AOP, repping Seth's Messiah faction. These disciples. Buddy awesomely had the same Seth merch on as Seth. Yeah, he's wearing Seth's merch, which is such a lovely move. Because yeah. AOP aren't doing it. It'd be too much if they were all doing it. Mm. But Buddy's the only one. I, I think it's just lovely that Buddy's doing it. And they had a match against Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders because uh, Samoa Joe sacrificed himself. He did, yeah. According to Tom Phillips on commentary. You can't say he got a concussion. <laughs> you can't even say he got a head injury. Or that, say, or that he's suspended. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if, if that one's true. We don't, we don't know on that one. Uh, so, yeah, it was... They, they awkwardly danced around why Samoa Joe is no longer in this storyline. Yep. Uh, but the actual match itself played off of what spontaneously happened last week. Joe got an injury yeah. and he had to be taken out of the match. And Kevin Owens improvised a underdog comeback match which he ultimately lost, against Murphy and Seth Rollins. Yeah, 2 on one Incredible piece of just on-the-fly changing of a script. Uh, it was absolutely seamless. We were all surprised that wasn't the plan. That's yeah. how good it was. 
And that's what they played off here. AOP and Buddy Murphy uh, sort of took out Ivar. Yeah, so, well, Ivar took himself out, really. Oh, was it? That's how yeah, he so, uh, well, I forget which one's which. So, Hansen went to do a dive <laughs> onto, Eric. onto one of them on the outside, but they ducked and he crashed into the LED board yes, and so injured his shoulder. So the, uh, so, the refs uh, carted him up the ring. But on the other side, Roe got stomped by Seth and then rolled back into the, and, and um, uh, Buddy pinned him. Mm. So, the Viking Raiders got both eliminated very, very quickly. So, it's now Kevin Owens three on one. And I'm putting my cards on the table here. I thought this was freaking incredible. It was so good. I thought this was incredible stuff. This this is this is classic babyface booking. And WWE actually do it all the time. Yeah. They just do it with the wrong people. Oh, yeah. They do it with Roman Reigns overcoming these impossible odds. But when Kevin Owens is in there, someone that the fans are organically behind as this kind of scrappy good guy, mm -hmm. it worked tremendously. Oh yeah, it did, because you had Owens getting worked over for ages, and then all of a sudden he starts making this fiery comeback, and he would get these hope spots, then get shut down, the crowd would be like, ah, oh! and then he'd make a comeback again. He hit the pop-up powerbomb on Buddy Murphy and eliminated him, crowd go wild, he's eliminated one of them. And then, just a few moments later, gave the stunner to, I think it was, it was uh, Akam and pins him. So it's down to one-on-one. -on -one. You've got Seth on the outside almost freaking out about this because Seth, because Owens is coming back from a three-on-one deficit and he gets a near fall on Razor as well. The crowd are so nasty into this. And Seth causes a distraction like a total dick and Razor uh, gives him two spine busters which is finished twice on him and pins him. Yeah. It was, and then Seth like reacts like, you know, they've just won the Super Bowl and like this was the plan all along. It was just, <coughs> Fantastic. And then afterwards, the crowd gave Owens a standing ovation. Mm. A well-deserved standing ovation. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you book baby faces yeah. properly. Awesome stuff. The, um, and it's, it's always been a criticism against WWE in recent years. Yeah. They can't book baby faces. But on this show, they did it superbly multiple times. Just a few detail points. I love how when Ivar was thrown into the LED screen, it flickered and yeah. then turned off. And assuming that was a very well-timed production trick, yeah, I think it looked it was, yeah. cool. It's just that, you know, I talk, talked about it last week, mm -hmm. the uh, planned chaos. Yes, I yeah. I can't remember what the exact Oh, no, it was... Um, coordinated chaos? Something like that. Organized chaos. Organized chaos. So it, it gives the impression that everything's anything can happen. It's such a Paul Heyman trope, which is a good, a good thing, not a bad thing. And also that Buddy got the pin on Eric off of a Seth stomp. Yeah. I don't think every pin he's gotten so far has come off a Seth stomp. I think Very so, yeah. important character story point. But this is the first match that Buddy's wrestled in, to my knowledge, that Seth wasn't also in. Mm. And he took the first fall. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, that's cool. So Murphy really, really is reliant on Seth being there for him. Which just works so well for his character. Yeah, yeah. yeah and really they're subtly works. telling that. They're not making a big thing about that on commentary, no. but it's obviously what they're positioning. I, just brilliant all round. I love, love, love the Rollins faction and the feud with the Raiders and Kevin Owens. And that that's so weird to say, because I usually hate hodgepodge factions. Yeah. But this is working so well. It's working really well. Uh, before we move on, there is some confusion in the chat about if Drew's now the 24-7 champion. Uh, it wasn't for the title. He's not. They, they, they said before the match that it's not for the title. Mm -hmm. I just thought I'd clear that up. Um, Ricochet had a lame promo <laughs> next because the main event was a triple threat between him, Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. Winner faces Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. 
and presumably the winner gets a private plane as well where you can safely get home. <laughs> but Ricochet said, I wanted this since I was a 14-year-old kid. It means everything to me. Yeah. And I just thought, you are lame. I'm not as big or as strong as Bobby Lashley. I'm not as smart as Seth Rollins. I'm a big rubbish dum-dum. But I've been dreaming of this since I was 14 years old. And by golly, Gavner, I'm going to take my opportunity. I'm going to get it. By golly, I am. Lame. So all the good babyface booking things we've just spoken about, this was the opposite. (laughs) After that, we got Alistair Black uh, just destroying Eric Young, yeah. uh, made him bleed from the nose with a high knee, then hit the black mass for the win. And then he cut a promo afterwards saying, yeah. Just. It's the same promo as last week. Yeah, and this was the quietest the crowd were for the whole night. Yeah. It's, yeah, weirdly, he all that momentum he had off of winning the Murphy feud has done nothing for him. You mean you say the Murphy feud, but going back to the Cesaro match that he had like the middle of last year, which should have been like mm. the real start of Alistair Black, gaining some momentum, which is <coughs> completely squandered because they didn't put him on TV yeah. for, you know, like a couple of weeks afterwards. I think he might have been injured or something. And then it's just, you know, we've not seen hard a hair of him. He's won, you know, three of these Buddy Murphy matches. Buddy Murphy's gone on into this sort of main event storyline. And here's Alistair Black doing absolutely diddly squat. He needs a, he needs a storyline. Yeah. But, you know, up until... Well, we say that since he debuted a year ago. Well, up until 10 days before the Rumble, it was between him and Drew over who should eliminate Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So maybe they were like, well, let's not make any proper decisions until we've made that decision. They go with Drew and Black's the odd man out and he's floundering. Yeah. It's a real shame because he's, you know, absolutely incredible. Uh, we've got the Carrillo, uh, Rey Mysterio, Gaza stuff after that. Then the Charlotte Flair promo where Rhea Ripley came out. And then we got a Bobby Lashley promo mm-hmm. where he spoke about the match tonight too. And that was the first time I thought, huh, Lashley's going to win. It's going to be Lashley versus Lesnar. I did feel like Lashley versus Lesnar at a super showdown in particular. That feels like a Saudi matchup. But I I thought it's either going to be Ricochet or it's going to be Bobby. I was leaning more towards Lashley Mm. because that's the match that he effectively came back for was that Lesnar match. And as I said, it's got Saudi event written all over it. But then I thought, maybe they are going to save it for a bigger show. Potentially. But granted, realistically, there are no bigger shows than the Saudi shows in terms of money-wise. So then, yeah, I suppose by the end of it, I was surprised they went with mm. Ricochet because that, to me, feels more like a Royal Rumble uh, yeah. title match than it does a Saudi. But maybe it's because everyone knows that Brock's not winning or Brock's not losing, rather. Mm. Like, so they thought it doesn't really matter who he goes in there with, so we give it to Ricochet potentially. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a really, really good match between Asuka and Natalia. <laughs> I've got to um, get a shout out to Randy Andy Datsun here because Beth Phoenix tweeted that. Natalia is the best women like, is the best female pro wrestler in in history, and Randy Andy that's just quite, quite retweeted it saying lying isn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> we love Natalia, but you know that's that's a bit over the top. Uh, the yeah, this this really got very good near the end. The crowd was super into it by the final sequence, and Asuka made Natalia tap. Uh, th- 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 apparently, I missed this, but apparently Natalia screams at Asuka. Are you trying to shoot on me, bitch? Oh, I missed that. At one point. Is that because she had a big shiner above her? It was something about an arm bar, I think. I missed the spot. I didn't pick up on this. But, yeah, that's again, that's totally Paul Heyman. Yeah. yeah go out there and, you know, say, say it's real. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't do it like Vince Russo does. That was like, he went against the script. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's ways to do it and not make it bad. 
Um, now, then Asuka, after winning, called down Becky Lynch. Yeah, she wants a rematch. On a rematch. Perfectly fine. That's She's the heel she lost. I want another go. Becky Lynch comes down wearing the gangster meme glasses, which I found quite funny. I thought it made her look like a complete prick, but perhaps... It, w- it was on the line, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, this is the first time that I've not liked Becky Lynch mm. in about 10 years. And it was all down to those sunglasses. Because when she came around with them, I was like, nope, I think you look like a complete knob. Well, I think I, if the content of the promo was good, I would have liked it more. I did get a kick out of the glasses. But she, she goes to Asuka and says, oh, so why are, you, why are you challenging me again after ducking me for a year? And I thought, no, we've just had... We've just had a whole build to your match where the storyline was. You've been ducking Asuka. Yeah. Management have not let you face Asuka because they're afraid she'll beat you. Why are you now saying the other that the opposite? That story was... I, I think it's probably best that we just ignore everything of that build. Because they clearly are now. Because they're, they're doing a different story now. But then she said, as if I wasn't confused enough already, Becky goes, ah... Well, why would I put my title on the line so close to Mania? And I thought, because, because you said four weeks ago that you're a fighting champion. But she did say and it you want here to beat everyone. Well. I, so I, I actually didn't hate the promo as much as you did because it was. To I be, thought it was completely muddled character. But the, the, the character is muddled with all the build for that Royal Rumble thing. But as I said, I feel like this was a wiping the slate clean. Like last week, felt like we were wiping the slate clean with, you know, all of it. Because last week she did say. You know, I had some doubts about myself, but it turns out I am the greatest of all time. So I don't need to be afraid of anyone. Mm. So at least this that this promo here is consistent with the promo that she did last week, which is now like clean slate. Let's forget all that terrible build we did for her during the Asuka uh, Rumble match. Let's start afresh. And then she comes out and she goes like, why would I put my title on the line against you? Oh yeah, it's because I love fighting and I love putting my title on the line. Should I do it against you who took me to the limit? Actually, yeah, because I would like to fight you again and like to beat you up again. So I actually quite like the promo. Just get rid of the sunglasses. (laughs) It makes you look like a complete knob. Uh, And the main event, oh yeah, they accepted it's going to happen on Raw next week. Yeah, yeah, next week. Uh, Not Super Show now. (laughs) And the main event was Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Ricochet in an excellently booked TV match. So good. So much fun. It ties into everything else in the show. It was built up very effectively throughout the night. Seth Rollins had a promo before the match got underway that was just yum, 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 yum. There was one slight issue I had with the promo, oh, yeah? though. And it's not Seth's fault. And I'm also going to say it's the crowd's fault either. I'm going to say it's the scripted mm. nature of the show's fault. Where he comes out and he's just like, um, I'm going to dethrone Brock again. And the crowd, a portion of the crowd, cheer this. A audible portion of the crowd cheer this because they don't want to see Brock as champion. Mm. But then Seth has to go, huh. Well, last year when I said that, you all gave me a very different reaction. You all cheered me last time. I was yeah. like, they just cheered you then, <laughs> dickheads. But it's the problem with the, the scripted mentality. You have, you, they were expecting a reaction. They didn't get that reaction, but they have to pretend that they did mm. get that reaction. Yeah, that, that is a flaw. But uh, the, the idea behind it was very good. You know, like He said, and I love this choice of words, you crucified me. Yeah. Because you all turned on me last year. And now here I am. I'm doing the exact same stuff. And now you're booing me. Yeah. Well, you're meant to be booing me. The idea of crucifying. And that he kept on going how 
how proud he is of himself now. I'm going to go brilliant. Down. I'm going to go down in history as the man who saved this industry. That's a that's a killer line right yeah. there. That's really good. And then this match was excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good size dynamic. They look like uh, sort of Russian doll size. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Lashley is the super heavyweight. Then you had Rollins as the heavyweight. And just Ricochet is the man who zips around everyone. So you've got three different styles to play with in this three-way. And they did so really effectively. Add on the whole chunk of Messiah versus Kevin Owens yeah. brawling outside. I think Buddy Murphy came in to push Ricochet off. Yeah, and then AOP ran down because yeah. there's no DQ in a triple threat match, and which makes complete logical sense as to why they would run down. Um, it's got, it got, I've thought about that now about question we got in on Friday, which was like, why does everyone ask when baby faces don't come out to save other baby faces? And you look at this and you're like, well, it felt, would have felt weird if AOP and Buddy Murphy hadn't run down mm. to help um, Seth. Yeah. So it, it, it is storyline dependent. And it made complete sense <coughs> that they came down. It was wicked that they did because you got more Kevin Owens coming down and Row of the Viking Raiders to come in and make the save. And they all brawl away. So that now eliminates them from this match. So we can just go back to focusing mm. on the three in the ring. There was a really, really well-placed interference spot that had a great payoff and put more emphasis on the match. And I, I, I just thought it was great. Yeah, and, and then they had a really good sequence in the end. I'm thi The way Lashley is wrestling in, in this match, I'm thinking... This is the best he's been booked in the whole two years or whatever it is since his WWE return. Not the smile? Not he's the, had, not he's been stupidly smiling babyface with sisters. Leo Rush pointing at his bum. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the pointing at the bum. Marrying Lana. And yeah. you're like, you've had those three equally terrible gimmicks. Well, the Leo Rush one worked, but it, you know, it was rubbish at the end of the day. You've had those three terrible gimmicks in the space of two years when we know what works with you. You've just been doing it for five or so years in TNA. Yeah, and that impact is wrestling. impact wrestling. That is the badass, legit MMA guy who's gonna stretch you out yeah. and be and overpower you. The walking dominator. Up, walking walking Armageddon. Walking Armageddon, what a moniker. And he, that, that, that's what he looked like here. He looked mean. He didn't look like Lana's husband, yeah. who's been cucked out for the, the last couple of months. The fact that Lana was not at ringside with him really mm. actually elevated his character. And seeing all that made me think, oh, well, Lashley's going to win. I'm actually really into this idea. Uh, that's fine for me for a Super Showdown match. Yeah. And then Ricochet won. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Well, I guess I'm into that as well now. And then Brock Lesnar, because the show was running out of time, zipped in <laughs> yeah. and F5'd Ricochet. I said, yeah. like, oh, I'm coming into that too. Yeah, so when is the Saudi show? The end of this month? 27th of February. Okay, so we've got, like a, yeah, so we've got a few weeks build of this. I'm actually really excited to see where we can go with this. Because technically we have been building to this match pre-Rumble. Because Ricochet came down to be like, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, yeah. And then got beaten up for his troubles. So, I mean, my hope would be that we can play off the, mm. I'm not afraid of you. I've been 14 years of opportunity. And then we can get into, you know, a fun little match. Big versus little. Those two will have a fun match. Yeah. Brock versus small people is always fun. And he can just do lots of big flips and stuff around him. I think it's going to be an excellent match. It's one, yeah, it's usually the way Brock has worked best in the last couple of years. And that is against smaller opponents. Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. You can tell that underdog storyline. And, and I agree with you. It's nice that they obviously had this planned. It's also Ricochet who helped eliminate Brock from the Rumble. Which they've never focused with on. True. Um, but it's a bad story, in oh, my opinion, yeah. which, which is a shame. But, you know, they did actually put thought into it. 
I just wish they had made Ricochet look genuinely cool yeah. as opposed to supremely lame. I was going to say, don't have Ricochet cut <clears throat> promos. And it's like, this is his gimmick now, because I'm pretty sure he said these these words when he like faced Brock last time, which is, I am not this, I am not this, I'm not big, I'm not strong, I'm not good, I'm not great. Stop, stop saying you're crap. Start saying you're very good. And Jerry Lawler was just... Burying Ricochet on commentary. As soon as as, well. as soon as Lawler started burying Ricochet, that's when I figured he was winning because mm. I was like, otherwise this is really gonna kill Ricochet. I, I just thought it was Vince, <coughs> Vince having a word. <laughs> I, st- I still bought into Lashley. Anyway, absolutely brilliant episode of Raw. Yeah. Just just one killer all time memorable angle off of a five out of five for me. Yeah, I loved it. It felt fresh. All of WW. Well, <laughs> Raw feels fresh <laughs> yeah. at the moment. You've got Drew. Push to the top and it feels right. Mm-hmm. Like to make that oh, yeah. work and feel right is so hard and they've done it. Gaza, Ricochet facing Brock, that's crazy. Yeah. You've got Rhea Ripley now going up against Charlotte. Mwah, lovely stuff. Ruby Ruby Wright, you know, is a return, it's newsworthy. I wouldn't say it feels fresh or anything like these other ones do. And it might have felt like more of a big deal if the live thing had worked out, which I don't think the live thing has worked out at no, all. No, no. And all the Kevin Owens Rollins feud and their extended families is brilliant. I absolutely love Raw at the moment. Yeah. It's such a great show. <laughs> what a lovely thing to be able to say. So, let's get in with miscellaneous WWE Super Chat, the Adnap 2, how to tell Viking Raiders apart. Eric used to be Roe and is bald like Eric Rowan. Okay. Problem solved. For a second then, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> Roe is Eric. Like, That's not going to help me because I just yeah. I look at him and I'm like, oh, you're Roe. Eric Rowan. Eric, just just think Eric actually. Yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric Rowan. Rowan. They're both bald. There we go. Eric. Uh, DX Solo. Hi, hey, DX Solo. Two episodes of Raw that were good in a row. I, of course, watched nine. <laughs> Makes me a- oh, DX, mate. Makes me afraid to tune in next week, lest it go back to meh. Yeah, do you remember we had the, like, a period of time where people were like, I'm not watching wrestling at the moment, and apparently it's really good. And then they tuned in for one week, and it was absolutely crap. Yeah. Stay away, DX Solo. <laughs> Stay Just away, my friend. Just watch the YouTube clips and our shows. Jose Quinde. I'm waiting for Rollins to admit he interferes in matches and calls it divine intervention. Yeah. Like, that would be great because he's kind of justified because he is above the rules and the natural order of things. And where they're all white, just like at SummerSlam years ago. That'd be cool. (gasps) Full-on Messiah, risen angel, Seth Rollins. Well, that feels like there's going to be a big WrestleMania entrance for this the Monday Night Messiah. I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. More miscellaneous. Will the Professor, my five-year-old daughter, is also a wrestling fan because of Aww. you guys. She asked about coming to meet y'all. Aww, Maybe lovely. one day. Just wanted to know we all support y'all from Carolina, USA. Love you guys. She loves Chopper. Oh, everyone loves oh, Chopper. Chopper. Thank you so much. Up. Carolina's Thank you very much. where uh, Daniel Bryan's from. Uh, Benny Sato. Oh, wow. Everyone's Thank in the chat today. Hashtag justice <laughs> for Randy Andy Datsun. Uh, just the, oh, I just oh, got let mate. go from my job. You guys need IT support, lol, or it support? I don't know. Maybe we've got, uh, we've got clown problems. Thanks for really making me laugh the last couple of days. I really needed it. Tuesday morning with the boys. Also fantastic shirt, Luke. Yeah, I'm not, I forgot to put on WrestleTalk merch, so I'm wearing my Golden Axe t-shirt. Nice. Oh, that's a shame, Benny Sato. Yeah, sorry to hear that, mate. Hopefully everything's okay. You're, 
You're a talented fella. Yeah, you'll be all right. You're, you're, you're a, a fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, just, just show them your Daniel Bryan uh, Hempyweight Championship. This is fantastic chat. Because next up from Just a Two Ball Guy. I haven't heard from Just a Two Ball Guy in a while. Thumbs up party! Also, shout out to the new episode <laughs> of Under Consultation. It should have been Pen it should have been Penta. Yeah. And the Bays should have won the Rumble. Uh, Bays are, of course. You get a free plug. Someone's brought it up. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. Under Consultation is my uh, podcast that I do outside of work, reviewing old episodes, or every episode, of classic UK video game show Games mm. Master from the early 90s. Thank you very much for listening. Do you want to finish off the rest? Uh, I will do, uh, at Under Console Pod, um, to find out more information on it. So it's a great show. I'm very much enjoying doing it. Anyway, Jobber JJ says, Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki Eggplant emoji. You've seen this. So I didn't see, I wasn't online a lot yesterday. Oh. I was actually trying to recover from the emotional roller coaster of watching the Good Place finale and oh, the, I haven't seen it yet. And the, I've finished watching Sex Education season two, which was just fantastic television. So I was trying, I was, you know, I was just trying to take my mind off the emotional roller coaster. But I was sent on a completely different emotional roller coaster by seeing the announcement of Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki, a dream match that you and I booked when we were talking about the AEW New Japan relationship. Joey Janela watch is confirmed. Or he's just a smart, funny guy oh, like yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I cannot, cannot wait. Because Suzuki, someone someone left a comment yesterday, because I talked about it in yesterday's news. They uh, called him Murder Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> it really tickled me. That's <laughs> Murder Grandpa, Murder. Minoru Suzuki. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, he is a great comedy wrestler. When I've seen him live, apart from the New Japan shows, he has been comedy wrestling. He yeah. chases the referee around. His feud with Chris Roberts yeah. was one of the most over things in Rev Pro. It, he is, he's just a great talent. He's so funny and he's, because he's so scary. Mm. And I saw a few people online who were like, well, this completely takes away from all the scariness of Minoru Suzuki. This really, this is an embarrassment for Suzuki. And I'm like, okay, well, those people don't, haven't seen the comedy side that he's done. And also, shout out to Felix, um, who posted up that gif of him fighting a kaiju for like, I think it was for a commercial. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how to have this Orange Cassidy match. Yes. And it's going to be incredible. Hands in pockets. Squares up to Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah. Oh. And I just, I just don't know what they're going to do, but I know it's going to be amazing. Also, I d those people who are saying that, watch the G1. Tori <laughs> Yano beats him. Yeah. Tori, yeah. Tori Yano also beat Dean Milenko. Dean Ambrose. Dean Milenko. <laughs> Dean Milenko. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really, really. And I, wait. I love Joey Janela's Spring Break anyway. Features one of my all-time favorite matches I've ever seen, which was um, Walter versus um, Sakamoto, which mm. was just, uh, or Daisuke, wasn't it? It was just so, it was incredible. Absolutely amazing. And it was the, um, that was, that was, that was, uh, um, PCA, Evolve. It was PCO match, mm. was the Spring Break one. So good. Uh, Wilson Simon says, uh, for fans mm. of GM mode, get Modern Mania Wrestling on the App Store. Not sponsored, just think the app deserves some love. Oh, okay, go and check it out. Mm. That sounds good. Hey, and on the subject of uh, games, Joe Ray says, hey guys, been playing 2K20 again. I said, you're that person. <laughs> Someone had to play it, I well, guess. now the top streamer on Twitch for <laughs> I was amazed after the Christmas period when we got back and loaded up Discord and there were people like, oh yeah, I've just got the DLC for 2K20. I'm like, 
effing why yeah. at this point. Anyway, had to come up with a wrestling name. Mine is Jacob Frost. Like Seems that. to be my default name. I don't think my real name works. What would your ring names be? Do you want to do yours from back in the day? Well, mine was OJ Master. My middle name is James. And I liked the idea of being called OJ. Didn't quite understand the negative <laughs> connotations. I just heard OJ yeah. around a lot. And Big uh, fan of the Naked Gun. Yeah, I just, OJ Master. Yeah. And I was Fox Rider. <laughs> Love that one. With two X's and a Y <sighs> in Rider. Because it was it cool. 1999, and I thought that was a really cool name. I'll just bust out these last two. Suave Titan has said, did you hear Lawler say, why would Charlotte lower herself versus Ray, Rhea, sorry, NXT no longer equal brand? Well, King is the heel. Mm. So he's taking the sort of the heel's perspective of this, which is a step down and, uh, you know, Todd Phillips and Byron Sexton were then saying that it's not a step down, it's actually her stepping up to the plate yeah. and putting over Rhea Ripley. So you need to have that, their heel say that so the baby faces can tell them why the heel is wrong. And Joe Libro, finally, WWE should do Ryder and Hawkins versus Orton first, then Christian, then Edge at WrestleMania. Build it up with Edge's friends first. I don't think we need Ryder and Hawkins in this. No, no, no. I think, uh, you know, Christian could work yeah. uh, as sort of a someone coming back in a legend spot not a match and then gets attacked somehow i think you like next week if you had randy orton come out for this promo again mm. but doesn't say anything and then christian comes out to ask why he didn't demand the answer yeah and then builds randy versus christian because then you can also you can really play off their incredible 2011 feud oh, of course yeah 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 one of the best series of matches that year yeah and that was a good year it's where the email in from brandon he says, good day, WrestleTalk. I have a good idea that might bring more ears to the podcast. Ooh, do say. Why not post images on IG, which I think is Instagram. The gram? Or Twitter when talking about specific items during the small talk of the intros and outros. Now, I like here he's actually done small talk. He's done it as one word, capital S, capital T, like WrestleTalk. Nice stylization. This is small talk. Wow. So I like it. We've just been calling it the intros and outros. Yeah. This guy's already come up with branding for it. Mm. And we've been doing it for nearly three years now. Not rambling. I mean, we always called it rambling, but I have, I've done my utmost to stamp that <laughs> word out of our, our, our whole guidebook. And the lack of plays thanks you for that decision. <laughs> we've, uh, we all still call it the rambling term. Going to do the ramble? Yeah, yeah, ramble yeah. time. Anyway, Brandon continues. For example, during the most recent SmackDown review, the one with Pete and Ollie, a certain pair of white shoes were brought up. It would be awesome for oh, Ollie yeah. to take a picture of himself showing these bad boys off. We podswafters would like the visual reference, and it might just encourage non-podcast listeners to tune in and see what the fuss is about. Just a suggestion, sincerely, from a future pledgehammer. Oh, so what, wow. What Brandon has brilliantly suggested there, something that we've not really done, is using social media to plug stuff that we're oh, doing. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I, I need to see some examples of that <laughs> working for other people first. Yeah, I mean, and there are plenty of examples what? out there. I, I would have thought I so. I have seen any. I'm pretty sure that brands use social media no. to influence others into their no. brands. That's the people, they just love those brands. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that sounds nefarious otherwise. <laughs> the money might have changed hands for people, so-called influencers. God, what a, what a term. I hate that word. I'll do a thing. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for that excellent suggestion, Brandon. And something that we should, yeah, basically, we should do social media better. But we're old. 
Yes, and he isn't. That's why we've given it to him. <laughs> uh, but we, we, we do have a, a thing about that later in the office. Yes. So you should bring that up. What? Aren't you on that call? I am on but that so, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an idea. Yeah. Look, oh, right. Look. I see what you're saying now. Okay. So wait for the social media expert person we're talking to to say all their stuff and then go, right, okay, I've got an idea for you, though. <laughs> that I've come up with off my own back. Ollie's got these shoes. <laughs> we post them off on Instagram. People love shoes on Instagram. Yeah. That's how we get them in. Yeah. Problem solved. Well, we've solved it. So problem solved. Well, how was your weekend apart from working Saturday? Yeah, work Saturday. Uh, made chopper dance. Yeah. And on Sunday, I had the whole day to myself, but I went out the night before and got mighty drunk. Oh, yeah? Um, I made the, you know those things where actually when you look back at it and you've asked friends and they say, no, you were fun. You were mm -hmm. fun drunk. Yeah, yeah. You weren't obnoxious. But that doesn't stop my brain thinking I was because I definitely made the bar staff put on Share Believe oh. and then uh, several other songs. I kind of took over the bar, which to be fair was only us. It was a brewery. A new brewery's opened in Walthamstow. Mm -hmm. It was me and my two friends and the two bar people. Okay, so it's so a that, very so small collective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I just had a run of about five songs that I forced them to play. Mm. Yeah. And one of them was Believe by Cher. Believe by Cher. And then I ordered a pizza to the, <laughs> to the brewery, which was thankfully okay. Yeah, was it their opening night? No, 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 it was, uh, that's been open for, it's been open for about a month. And their clientele is three people. On that night, yeah. Well, we stayed the it's a, latest. It's a, it's a Saturday night, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're making a name for themselves. <laughs> I tell you what they should do. They should post pictures on Instagram. <laughs> they totally do that already. Yeah. That's how I know they exist. <laughs> uh, but then I, I had too much. It was 5.7%, the particular porter, mm -hmm. signature brewery. Give them a shout out. Uh, so I was sensitive the next day. When I was um, recording the final episode of series one of my other podcast, hashtag other projects, um, my co-host Ash brought in some beers for us because we were like, it's the end of our first series. We'll make a bit of a celebration. So he handed me this beer, I opened it up. He said, if you check the, uh, the alcohol percentage of that, I looked at it, 7.9. Oh! For an IPA. Calm down. I know. I was like, what, are we drinking wine? Yeah. That's, and you're okay? Well, I mean, I only had the one. But even then, I was like, I think I'm feeling mm. this one beer that I'm having. Um, you also asked for more Wrestle Talk Get Better. Oh, I'll just say uh, that the long and short that was, my Sunday fell apart. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. I made some bread. Best tasting bread I've made so far. Texture's way too crumbly. You touch that with a knife, and it falls <laughs> apart, which is unfortunate, but it tastes nice. Like a Cadbury's and flake. Off the back of your secret project last week, mm -hmm. I rewatched Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Did you Which know? I have not, I realised I have not seen it since it came out in the cinemas. Wow, that's a long, long time ago. What a movie! It's great, right? Five star movie! Yeah. Incredible film. Such a shame that it did so poorly at the box office. Yeah, it is such a shame and it had everything there. Great cast. Just didn't connect. Brie Larson. Yeah. Uh, I, I was about to call her Abigail for a second, no, that's not her name at all. Um, You're thinking... Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freaking um, Pitch Perfect Girl. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick's in the film, yeah. Yeah. I think um, Anna Kendrick and um, Edgar Wright were dating at the time. Wow. 
Or he's a cool mofo. Or he was dating uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. He was dating one of them around this time. Damn. But he was dating, he dated, I'm pretty sure he has dated both of those two people in sort of like a short space of time between the, uh, between them. Gossip. The, uh, I... <laughs> hot. Hot gossip. gossip. Potentially incorrect. <laughs> hot gossip. Hang on, I'll, you, you <laughs> tell your story, I'm gonna Google it. Well, I just, Google I, in my head, Scott Pilgrim was Michael Cera in Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised that he is an actually very deep, self-destructive, self-obsessed character yeah. that has a, a huge arc that I completely forgot about. So um, Edgar Wright and Anna Kendrick dated for four years. Whoa. Yeah, and they split up uh, in 2013. So 2009 to 2013. That's according to uh, the New York Daily News. Was it because of Ant-Man? Um, oh, he's supposed to have been off oh, Ant-Man yeah. around that sort of time. Still maybe just been Still. broken up with. Imagine that, if that was the same year. Sorry, Ant-Man going. was end of phase two. Uh, it was. the start of phase yeah, and, three. Yeah, and the world's end was 2013, because I interviewed Edgar Wright in 2013 about the world's end, and he just said, like, before we all went in, because it was like a roundtable thing, his people came out and was just like, just so you know, don't ask any questions about Ant-Man, because uh. he's got no answer. The answer is... There is no update. Oh wow! That I think is because you know he'd been on the project since 20, 2005. Mm. That he was just like I've literally got nothing to say about it now because when he was doing Ant Man, that was pre MCU. Yeah, and then the MCU changed everything. So him and Joe Cornish were like completely reworking it, and then yeah, I think he left it in twenty fourteen. I think he left Ant Man. Um, lose Anna Kendrick and then lose Ant Man. Imagine if Anna Kendrick does get cast as Squirrel Girl and she has a plotline where she falls in love with uh, Ant-Man. That's going to be tough for Edgar. Um, Well, I've Googled uh, Edgar Wright and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but nothing comes up. So maybe they weren't dating. Maybe I did just make that up. I'm over this now. We can hear those rest talk get betters. Yeah. Although Mary Elizabeth Winstead did say that she'd like a Scott Pilgrim sequel. Um, what is there to tell? Well, there are other books to adapt. Okay, then. And I, I, but I don't think the books were that great in all fairness. Mm. I've read, I think there were six books in the end, and they were like, I, I think some of them, you know like how some references are quite fun, and then there are some references where are like, well, that's just lazy. Moro Ranello. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think this is even all more. Right, Corey Graves. I think this is more lazy than Moro Ranello at times, mm. where like, they have a band, and the band is called Sonic and Knuckles. Like that's not a reference to something within the Sonic and Knuckles yeah. games. You've just taken the title of a game and have said, and that is now the band's name, which is quite crap. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, let's read out this uh, Wrestle Talk Get Better. This comes in from Robert, who says, "Good morning, afternoon, evening, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, Simon, So Calfow, and the rest of the crew, as well as the Pod Swafters, the Pledgehammers, and all other members of the Swap Nation, except for you, Blake Ham." Piece of crap. Ollie said to send in more Get Betters to read out, so here I go. Oh, thank you. In the beginning of July last year, I spent four days in the hospital as I went into diabetic ketoacidosis. Holy moly. I have no idea uh, that I even had diabetes, but it turns out I've got type 1. Oh, that's the one that you are born with. That's yeah. amazing that it was missed. It's, it is spelled, like, it's spelled ketoacidosis, so, or as, yeah. Bless so, you. Thank you. Uh, before I went into hospital in January of 2019, I weighed 299 pounds. That's 113.6, sorry, 135.6 kilograms for Ollie's benefits. Thank you. Uh, since being out of hospital as of yesterday, I am down to 257 pounds, 116.5 kilograms. I don't know if that counts as a diet. 
Uh, I'm getting married in July of this year, and hopefully this July turns out to be better than my last. At the beginning of the year, I joined a gym, and I've been working out five days a week since then. I know there are several people who are suffering right now, but hopefully my story and the other Get Betters will help. Keep up the consistent content that you guys make. Been a member of the SWAF Nation since it was just Ollie, and a loyal PodSwafter since 2016. Even wrote for the website before. Oh, wow. Thank you for everything. That's from Robert. Thank you, Robert. Wait, so the, the weight loss came from training? Well, he doesn't... I, maybe he doesn't quite specify. Because he was like, in the gym. He has like, here is what I had before I went into hospital. Mm. Here is what I am now. But then says, yeah. I'm going to the gym. So I don't know if the, all of it's connected. Well, it it all works. I knew someone who uh, had a big medical procedure coming up. They knew they were going to be out of action for about six weeks. So they used that to start their fitness journey. And you know, they they affect. They knew they were going to lose a lot of weight when they were just bedridden. Mm-hmm. That happened, and then. Off of the back of that, they were like, right, complete body reset, and then just started hitting the gym, and have gotten even fitter since. Wow. So well done. Well done Keep to you. Keep it up. Uh, do you know what I did with my day off yesterday? Went to the gym. No. Oh. I did a lot of housework. I vacuumed. I tidied up the kitchen. I put on several washes. I went for a walk. And I started playing. Wait, wait. What? A walk isn't. <laughs> Why did you put that in the, in I've, the housework? I forgot the other things I've done around my house. <laughs> <laughs> but rule of three. Um, and I started playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen nice. Order. Nice. Yeah. Where did you get to? Without the, spoilers, I guess. The bit when you get on the ship. So you've done like the sort of, it's a kind of tutorial, but also yeah, yeah, insane you, action sequence. You do the train thing, mm. and then you're on a ship. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's where I got to. Bloody cool, eh? It's fine. Ah, do you, were you not enjoying it? I thought it was okay. Like saber deflections of yeah. Well, at times I thought it's like it's a perfectly fine Uncharted when you're doing like a lot of sort of wall climbing and stuff. Yes, and it's exactly the same as Uncharted. It is, yeah. Um, but it didn't feel as fun as Unchart- Uncharted. Oh, but it's Star Wars. I know, but it's also like, so those climbing sections, I never really liked in Uncharted either because it's like, I don't really feel like I'm going on an adventure because these are all perfectly placed for me. Like, there's not like I have options and then I make a wrong option and I get stuck and I have to go back. It's like, no, there is one route and you've just got to do that one route. So there's no actual gameplay there. Mm. There's no actual adventure to that. See, I still manage to get stuck on those bits. <laughs> maybe, maybe I find it more challenging than you, but I will get caught, caught in a corner. I'm like, well, where do I go from here? <laughs> <laughs> Always look up. Mm. Um, and then I thought the combat was really clunky. Oh. I never felt like I was in control of the lightsaber. I was just mashing square and winning. Well, I would, yeah, give that time because you get a few lightsaber additions. You learn a few more techniques. You've got a kind of skills and abilities chart that you can slowly unlock. Yeah, but I did that in Spider-Man and then use none of it. Yeah, oh, well, that, that, I think that's where you're going wrong. Maybe that's on you. But I still finished the game, so it's not like doing all of that made me beat the game. But you can be better and you can enjoy the gameplay more if you know the different combos. Hmm. Perhaps. I'm sure you can, you can get, you can still, I think you would get more out of the game if you just spent... 10 minutes learning the combos. It might also not help that my TV's quite old, so reading text on screen is oh, yeah. really, really difficult. Oh, there are a few text-heavy bits yeah. as well. Well, so there was a point when you do like your first, not so much a boss fight, because it just goes straight to a cutscene. Um, but it just kept, it had like an instruction on screen. And I was like, I have no idea what that says. <laughs> Why is it so small? Why is the button so small? Like, it, and it's like, press this to do something. And I'm like, 
book press, like just have it big. I'm tired of music. <laughs> I can't hear it. Get off my lawn.、Mm. Anyway, I think it's broadly fine. It is a. <laughs> It's made after 1997, so imagine that's a big well, you mark say, down. You say that, but then I started playing Sonic Mania and loved it, and it was so、mm. much fun. And I I spent more time playing that than I did Star Wars, and I had way more fun. So each to their own. Maybe I, I, maybe I tremendously enjoyed Star Wars. Most things are these days. <laughs> Did you see the the Colin Trevorrow news? I did not see the Colin Trevorrow news. So some, I think, his concept work or artwork leaked online of what his version of Episode Nine was going to be, and oh yeah, it was going to follow on from the events of the Last Jedi. Oh, one hundred percent. Which yeah, which because I read there was one like leaked thing where it's like yeah, Palpatine was going to be in the movie, but only as a vision,、mm. which would make sense because he's dead,、oh. and you know it makes. Literally zero sense that he's back in this movie.、Huh? <laughs> no, illegal. I mean, they literally say we don't know how, but he's back. Hey, it's not a plot hole if you acknowledge it. <laughs> I don't know why no, that no, plot no, no, hole. But, but it, but it's it. still a plot hole if you've acknowledged it.、Uh, and it doesn't also completely undo all of、uh, Anakin Skywalker's、uh, character arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not that big a deal.、Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, who really cares? About that Anakin Skywalker, I'm just saying, Rise of the Skywalker's bad,、mm. and it's a bad movie, and it should feel bad that it's bad. Someone doesn't like Star Wars at the moment. Jeez, <laughs> I quite enjoyed both of these things you're slagging off. Well, you know, again, it's broadly fine.、Yeah. It's just the first two hours of that five-hour movie、uh, were insanely boring. And anyway, Christopher Jenkins has also emailed me. Pretty gets rid of Seymour because I just wanted to show you these、Sorry. photos that says, "Hi Luke, Ollie, and the Wrestle Talk Super Friends. Just want to tell a quick story and show how well the mallet is coming along." In 2019, I turned 40 years old, and I wanted to do something special for myself. I always wanted to go to an iconic WWE pay-per-view, and as luck would have it, there was a big show coming to my hometown around my birthday. The big show, overflowing with anticipation, I saved up money and paid around one thousand dollars total、Whoa. for my best friend, my daughter, and myself to sit less than 50 feet. 15 meters away from the ring. Wow! Finally, the big day came, and throughout the show, I happily brought overpriced food and overpriced <laughs> WWE merch. I proudly held up my Wrestle Talk sign for the most of the evening. I experienced up close and personal the magic WWE has to offer for one of its major events. But then, the main event started. A big red cage was lowered from the ceiling,、no. and the arena filled with bright red lights. The match began、oh. with excitement, which turned into confusion, and ended with unbridled rage. That's right.、Uh, I just happened to buy really expensive tickets to hands down the worst WWE pay per view in 2019, Hell in a Cell. Suddenly, I found myself joining thousands of absolutely livid fans chanting "bull s word," "refund," "restart the match," "AEW," and "fu Vince." Now, fortunately, woodworking has been my most enjoyable stress reliever, aside from wrestle talk, and working on this mallet has been therapy of sorts <laughs> for me—some kind of therapy. <laughs> this project has helped me focus more on appreciating the creative genius of Bray Wyatt and less on the dumpster fire of a finish that was put directly into my eye holes at Hell in a Cell 2019. <laughs> Anyways, I'm having an absolute blast building the mallet for you guys. Hope you have consistently consistent、uh, day, and talk to you soon. And so here is the mallet. In its latest form, it is looking pretty goddamn sweet、yep. with that updated logo. And there is ah, that's so cool. There's some more of it, and then there is the original mallets for reference. Thank you, Jenkins. You're the best. Yeah, I'm sorry you. that your 
because that's a lot. That's a fair chunk of change. But what a lovely guy to take his best friend and his daughter along with him. Absolutely. Enjoy yeah. the experience with him. It's not yeah. your fault the experience was one of the biggest mistakes in the company's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, that is all we've got time for on this show. What are your thoughts on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? So just tell me oh, you all geez. agree with me and how <laughs> I'm right and that most games nowadays are broadly fine. Uh, and we will get into more of your emails on the next episode, which will be uh, AEW. Yeah. And we'll also have the NXT podcast, usual magazine show. It's a busy old week. Thank you very much. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.